Hey there, folks, and welcome to episode 82 of Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. I am Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. Follow my good friend, my co-host, my producer, Eddie Cornelison, at EDDYC85 on Twitter. Of course, Twitter works every day, even on October 4th, the day we're recording. Um, also, check out our show Twitter, EC underscore Hero. Instagram EC HeroCast, Gmail EC HeroCast at gmail.com. And, oh, check me out every Thursday morning on the Grave Consequences podcast, a part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Great show covering Lucha Underground. I mentioned it is October 4th. Did you, uh, how did you cope with the great Facebook shutdown of 10 a.m. Central to 4 p.m. Central? I was at work, so it didn't bother me. I'm sure it didn't, pal. I was too, but that doesn't mean it didn't bother me. Oh, man. We are uh, we are a hair away from the MLB playoffs. But today, folks, we're not here to talk baseball. We did that on the October 3rd Hardly Heroes episode, and we did it quite a lot. Today, we are here to talk about episode 81. We are reviewing... Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Let's get right into it, brother. Do you have any history with this movie? As a matter of fact, I do. Okay. So, two bits of story. One, I was not super looking forward to this movie before it came out. Because the first one wasn't that great. Um, but... I, I had heard that they were going to do the Silver Surfer and Galactus, and that was intriguing to me. And then one day, my friend told me, did you hear about Galactus in the new Fantastic Four movie? I said, no, what about him? He said, he's a cloud. Yes. I said, what? They're like, yeah, he's a cloud. And that just sucked all the interest right out of me. Um uh, if you don't know, Galactus is like a giant giant, <laughs> yeah. um, and he eats planets, so to make him a cloud, kind of lame. Yeah. But on, um, and I can't remember, the probably the maybe the following year, I would say, I was on a, um, I was on a, a flight from, uh. I had a layover in L.A. It was a long layover. And it was going to be a red-eye flight back to Columbus. And if uh, if you've never flown recently, for instance, on Delta, you got like the on-demand TV. It's pretty great. You can choose. There's just like, you know, 10 or 15 channels, you know, mostly harmless stuff. Just the news or ESPN or home and garden or stuff like that or you can just get like oh here's 20 episodes of the office to pick from or 20 episodes of house hunters or cake boss or whatever or they got a handful of movies so it's pretty great now back then you had the in-flight movie and you only had one to choose from and they announced it it's like our in-flight movie is going to be fantastic four rise of the silver surfer i was like no i think i'm gonna go try to get some sleep but I couldn't sleep on the flight because I can never sleep on flights. So 
they were selling headphones for like five dollars. You could plug in and listen to the movie, but I had some headphones. Um, but I'm trying to sleep. I can't. And then I wait. I like my eyes are closed, but then like I keep opening them and seeing bits of the movie. And then I open up finally and I see Silver Surfer on the screen. I'm like, let me just watch this stupid movie and maybe that'll put me to sleep. So I watched a little bit of it. Kind of drifted in and out of being awake or not, or just dozing off. But I think I kind of got the gist of it, and then uh, the movie was over. The TV goes up, and I was just like, "All right, well, got you know two and a half more hours, so might as well try to sleep now." So, yeah, that was my history with the Rise of the Silver Surfer. It was trying to watch it on a plane, but not being all that interested. But, uh, you know. Kind of, sort of, seeing it. Well, that's interesting. I'm assuming you did watch it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, okay, that's good. That's good. Um, oh, man, My history with this movie, this is another one. Look, I was a teenager when this came out, which means, like, I was really targeted in advertising for, for movies, for everything. And so I'm very familiar with the commercial for this movie, but I never actually saw it until this weekend. I did a couple of years back. I watched um, a Nostalgia Critic actually did a review of Rise of the Silver Surfer. Mm. And I watched that. And Instead of the movie? No, no, no. I watched the movie <laughs> this weekend. Okay. But I, I've, I've got to stop watching Critic because, like, well, for hero movies anyway, because it's going to do a thing where, like, it subconsciously influences my opinion on it. Like, where it may not give something a fair chance either way. But, yeah, that is my... that That's my history with Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Okay, so let me take a look real quick before I get into the time capsule. Summer, 2007, still playing baseball, that sort of thing. Well, How about you, Ed? I'm proud to say, summer quarter, big-time college algebra, 148, got a C. So we are done with college math for the rest of my life. C's get degrees, buddy. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good and job. I still remember leaving the final exam of that because I don't think I did well on the final exam and I remember like just getting in the elevator and like there was you know like wood paneling in the elevator and then there was like this little metal strip in the middle of it to like separate it I remember just punching that metal just being like god I cannot believe I'm gonna have to take this stupid class for whatever time this is like a third time well fourth time I don't count the one where I had to drop uh, because of the football game and the test and all that. That one didn't count. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to take this a third time. But then I passed it, and uh, I was very happy about that. But, yeah, no more math on this list. It's done. Well, so this came out June 15, 2007, which was the second to last Friday that all of the Benoit family was alive. I wonder if Chris took 
Nancy or Daniel to see this. Well, that's morbid. <laughs> I know it's very morbid, but nah, Chris would have been on the road. I wonder if Nancy took Daniel to see this. I maybe I don't know. I don't know. A little bit mature for his age, but uh, yeah. So we will not see Chris Benoit on this list again, and uh, that is the last time we will mention Chris Benoit's name on this podcast. Well, oh, speaking of mature for a kid. Some yeah. parents brought like a three-year-old to see Venom too. He told me, his yeah, dude, like, like, what? That's in, that's inappropriate. Yeah, mm-hmm. Venom and Carnage are very scary looking for three-year-olds. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, your champions in wrestling at the time, and this is the first time that this has happened. But uh, of course, your WWE champion was John Cena on Raw. Now, we have two, not one, but two vacancies in the world champion category here. So the ECW championship is vacant. It was vacated by Lashley after he got drafted to Raw. Um, A match was supposed to happen between CM Punk and Chris Benoit on that. You know, things happen. Either way, uh, world heavyweight champion, Edge on SmackDown. Your TNA, and I did say TNA, world world heavyweight championship. The newly minted TNA World Heavyweight Championship is vacant. This was just this came out just two days before the King of the Mountain match at Slammiversary. Yeah. And in Ringer, still your ROH World Champion, Takeshi Morishima. Hmm. Yes. A lot of vacancy. Oh. What's that? Said a lot of vacancy. Mm-hmm. Your number one song here in the United States on June 15, 2007 was Umbrella by Rihanna. Oh, man. Man. Uh-huh, under my Angerella, Ella, Ella, ee, ee, ee. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a popular song in the nightclubs around this time. Oh, yeah, it's I a was, bop. I was big in the nightclub scene and can't wait for my 23rd birthday story in two weeks. Oh. Interesting. I forget you're old, but... um, Not old. <laughs> older than me, buddy. Uh, the yeah. budget the budget on this movie was $130 million, which would mean the box office was 301.9. And, pardon me, that would mean the profit line is $171.9 million. Yep. Puts it 17th on the list. It's behind Unbreakable and right above Superman Returns. And then it's 226.8 for the inflation. And you would ask off-air, why didn't they uh, make a third one? Uh-huh. Well, they thought about it. In fact, uh, Jessica Alba and um, Michael Chiklis were in favor of it. And uh, it was a planned with Puppet Master as the villain. It was going to focus on uh, Thing's relationship with, uh, what's the girl's name, the blind one? Carrie Washington. Yeah, it was going to be a big, uh, that was going to be the main focus. And Puppet Master is the villain. And it was actually rumored that it would feature Black Panther in the movie. How about that? But it was, which I don't think Sony owned the rights to at the time, so we'd have to figure that out. But uh, the movie was scrapped because the studio felt interest was declining, and 
while it did get better reviews than the first one, still not great, and they didn't think it would do all that well. Which uh, leads me to the critics and fans on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics 37%, fans 51%. By comparison, the first one was 27.45. So a little bit better, still not great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, going into the cast and crew here, did any of the returning actors, did they impress you one way or the other? Well, it was... I think, if I remember correctly, one of our complaints is that the first one, there was really no character development. Yeah. And we kind of got more the same with that. Um <laughs> I mean, I'll just run through them real quick. Like, Reed Richards, basically the same guy. They tried character development when he's like, hey, maybe we should quit the Fantastic Four and start a family. And then they just kind of dropped that and didn't really go back to it much. Uh, Jessica Alba was uh, literally just called the hot girl. <laughs> like, uh, Reed Richards at one point says, I'm married to the, I'm getting married to the hottest girl on the planet. And like, I, I laughed when, like, the military came in. They're like, where's Reed Richards? And she's like, he's not here. What can I do for you? He's like, you can find me Reed Richards. It's like, <laughs> you're a woman. You're useless. <laughs> Tell me where yeah. the men are talking. What's <laughs> like, this, a woman? <laughs> yeah. Come on, this is men stuff. D, men stuff. Yeah, I was waiting for, um, I forget which James Bond movie it was, which comes out this week as we record. But, like, mm. when they're in the kitchen at the restaurant, um, when the general's laying out this plan, I was just waiting for Reed Richards to just be like, uh, Sue, man talk, and just slap her ass and send her out. But <laughs> My God. I, I don't think that'll be in the new James Bond. That, that didn't age well. No, I would imagine. I would imagine. Uh, but, yeah, Chris Evans still just douchey guy that, Look, loves uh, adrenaline and so this is weird okay i'm i'm uh on the wikipedia looking at the cast list and it's got like, like jessica alba as sue storm and it says johnny's sister reads love interest and later wife chris evans is johnny storm susan's brother michael chiklis as ben Grimm, alicia's love interest yeah what it's like, no, it's like The Thing, The Human Torch, Invisible Girl. Come on, what? what's this? Oh, this is who they are in relation to the other, to another character. I don't even think they called each other, like, Mr. Fantastic or Human Torch in this movie, though. Mm, fair enough. <sighs> kind of like how they never call, uh, what's his name? Henry, what's his, <sighs> Superman. Come on, help me out here. Henry, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Henry Cavill in Man of Steel, they never actually call him Superman. Yeah, I didn't know. Or Venom. They never call him Venom in Spider-Man 3. I think we picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nothing really stood out as far as the originals. Still no character development. Uh, no. Lawrence Fishburne did pretty good as the voice of Silver Surfer. So. Yeah. I liked uh, Andre Brower as General Hager. I just, of course, I know him from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. You know, it's funny though. Back to Lawrence Fish. Maybe this was like being half asleep from watching the movie. 
If you'd have asked me who is the voice of Silver Surfer, I would have said, oh, it was Leonard Nimoy. That was who voiced him. <laughs> and it's like, nope, not at all. I would have but, said, I don't know. I mean, Leonard Nimoy would have done a good job, I think. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne did good, too. Yeah, old Larry Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Is that He's his still- podcast debut? Uh, maybe. I think it, it might be. be. I don't know. If... I know the only other movie that I can think of off the top of my head that he's going to be in was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Or as I call it, Ant-Man 2. Yeah, I guess. I mean, no, yes. he was uh, the narrator in TMNT. Silly okay. Us. <laughs> All right. Who could forget yep. that? We just did that, like, a couple weeks ago. Oh, he's Man of Steel. That's right. He's Perry White. That's right. Yeah, Man of Steel, BVS, probably in Justice League. Yep, and then he is in uh, Ant-Man 2. Well, he is not in Justice League, for what it's worth. Oh, too bad. Come on, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Show some show some respect, dude. All right, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Be better. All right, well, is there anything else on the cast? I don't know. It was just more of the same. Um, let me take a look. Uh, Doom still sucks. <laughs> he was healed. Yeah, somehow. Silver Surfer's cure. Yeah, whatever, dude. That makes perfect sense, somehow. <sighs> Sorry, I just... Actually, I had a great idea just now. Lawrence yep. Fishburne should have been the voice of Galactus, and then Leonard Nimoy would have been the voice of Silver Surfer. Hmm. But Galactus is a cloud. You know, so. and of course, Marvel used him, you know, eight years later, but Paul Dano would have, would have done a good voiceover as Silver Surfer. I don't know who that is. Vision. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, not Paul Dano. Uh, That's not. No, no. I was say, that's Paul, not his... I mean, I know Paul, Vision's voice, yes, would be no, good, no, no. but... Paul, Paul Dano's the, the guy opposite Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood. Paul Bettany is who I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah, well, Sorry. I'm Vision's voice, I know, would have been good, though. Yeah. Either way. But hey, I guess with that, we can get into the picture, I assume. Well, we open with a planet being destroyed. So, all right. That's a that's a hot start, <laughs> pun intended. Well, it's how. Uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, six days ago, I went and saw uh, the Transformers movie, the good one, the animated one, and uh, that's how that movie started too. Really, you know, the thing about those Fathom events is like. I was very tempted last Wednesday to go see Carrie for the 45th anniversary, but it's like they wanted $15 for me to go see it. It's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, plus they pick stupid days. Like, this was Sunday and Tuesday. Yeah. Which was weird. Yeah. Scream next week is uh, they're doing a Sunday and a Monday for the 25th anniversary. Yeah. Um,. Orson Welles was the voice of Unicron in that. He'd have been a good voice, but he's been dead for uh, quite a while. But yeah. That was his last movie, little known fact. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. And Leonard Nimoy was the voice of uh, Galvatron, so it all it all circles back. 
So there's some fishermen, I guess, in Alaska, and one falls overboard, and he lands on the water, and it's frozen. And we see it snowing in Egypt by the pyramids. There's blackout all over the world. And I was like, okay, off to a pretty big start. And the news is covering this, and the news reporter, this news reporter throughout the movie just pissed me off, and I have like a growing hatred of her. And she's like, but the big story of the day is the wedding of between Reed Richards and <laughs> Sue Storm. It's like, that's a parody of, like, entertainment news. Yeah, it's like, imagine on 9-11 if they were like, but the Kardashians are getting married, like... Nope. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the big story of the day. How about the ocean's frozen? That seems way bigger than the marriage of Reed Richards and Sue Storm. Yeah, I don't... Ah, whatever. This and, is a weird, yeah, weird they're living in. And they do it all the time throughout the movie. Yeah. Also, I'm going to you know get it out of the way... You know what makes your heroes more likable is if you even attempt to make them remotely relatable. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say because I'm just going to get this criticism out of the way. They all come off as unlikable. Yes, yes, very much. Maybe Ben Grimm's he's fine, but the rest come off as unlikable. Yeah, yeah, no, Ben Grimm definitely gets the most simpy because you know we all love Michael Chiklis, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Like, you can already, like, like yes, there is celebrity worship as a culture that it completely exists. Just types, just tweet something negative about Beyonce and see what happens to your mentions. But, <laughs> um, but, like, no one, like, the majority of people get turned off by, like, oh, this, guess who's dating who? Guess who's showed up on the red carpet with this person? People don't like that, usually. So, to make these, like, the these superheroes, like, these annoying celebrities like that, and, uh, yeah. like, oh, well, it's free, it, it's snowing in the desert uh, by the pyramids, but, hey, did you see what uh, Sue might be wearing? Did you see she said yes to the dress? Like, it's terrible. Yes, I agree. I so, agree. Uh, but yes, it's the uh, that's the that's the big story. And but hilarity ensues at the airport because the Fantastic Four are heading. I thought to the wedding, but they get bumped to coach because like they were in the airport, and I just assumed that they were flying to the wedding. Yeah, and it's like. They get bumped to coach. Reed steals someone's overhead compartment because he's a dick. And then it's yeah. like, then they land and they're in New York. I'm like, what? I thought they were flying to their wedding. Like, where the hell were they? <laughs> yeah. I, okay. First off, where were they? Second off, like, and even, you know, Johnny mentions this later, but it's like, why are the Fantastic Four flying with the public? If they're such big freaking stars, why are they not on a jet? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, chartered flight, and then they got bumped to coach <laughs> because it's funny because thing uh, had to sit in the middle. Yep, thing had a middle seat. Uh, Reed stole someone's overhead, like like you had said. It, it was just for for joke purposes, I assume. Stupid. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know where they were. I thought they were flying to the wedding, but they just they end up at the Baxter Building, 
And anyway, like I said, they're all very unlikable. Um, Sue's more worried about the wedding than these unnatural events. Johnny's more worried about the bachelor party and the sponsors that are going to be on their, uh, you know, costume. They're trying to look like Captain Amazing from uh, <laughs> um, Mystery Men. Yeah. 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 Uh, I will say, to Reed's credit, even though he did steal someone's over at Ben, he's the only one who actually seems to care about these events. He's trying to, like, investigate them. But then Johnny blackmails him, saying, hey, if, if, if you, uh, if you don't want a bachelor party, then it'd be a real shame if someone told Sue that you're working on these events instead of planning the wedding. Like, what? <laughs> like, your guys are heroes. You're supposed to be doing this. Also, isn't the wedding exactly. planned? <laughs> also, yeah, not only that, like, what, what kind of, uh, what kind of hero, what kind of, uh, you know, great power comes great responsibility principle. What kind of hero is Sue Storm if she gets mad at her, uh, fiance for, Trying to help save the world. Yeah, and she literally is mad about it. Like, she gets like, upset when uh, they talk about things that are not wedding-related. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, Sue, but these are, you know, there are sacrifices that you have to make. Uh, yeah, so, and then there's more uh, brushing... Oh, that was, Yeah, more brushing over um, real-world events to get to the wedding... That was another quick scene. Uh, we see Dr. Doom is still around. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, some military guys come to the Baxter building to uh, to see Reed, but he's not there. This is where they they demand Sue take him to him. Like, you're just a woman. We don't care about you. Yeah, of course. Come on. This is men's stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we... The men are talking. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we cut to the bachelor party, and Reed is dancing with some bad CGI arms. Yes, terrible. Yeah, and these two girls, um, I'm not, I don't think Reed understands why women find his powers attractive, because it's not the dance moves. I had mm-hmm. that epiphany when I was watching this, and it's like the women are having fun dancing. I'm like, Reed, you're a smart guy. You know that's not why they find you attractive, right? Oh, you mean the penis? Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> he could, could be could be twenty feet if he wanted. You know, I mean, it, I mean that yeah. was a bit much, but uh, yeah. yeah, it it could could give it some more girth if he wanted that kind of thing too. Well, that and if you think about it, um, he could he could like stretch. I'm trying to think how to. He could make his body to, like, be absolutely ripped, you know? Like, even if that's not yeah. how he normally looks, like, you could you could suck the skin around your abs in to where it's, like, washboard abs. And, yeah. you know, like... We should yeah. just count ourselves lucky that Dennis Reynolds never got these powers. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but I will say, I mean, at least Reed found a... I'd have to agree with them. Probably the hottest girl in the world, at least at this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good job on. And I will pronounce his name again, so you can remember it maybe because he's never going to be mentioned again on this podcast. I assume after this episode, Yoan Griffith. Yeah, that's right. It was Griffith, even though this ends in two D's. <laughs> two D's. There's not an I in sight. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe uh, the Fantastic Four will meet each other in the 
the multiverse. The multiverse. Yeah. Yep. Oh, hopefully not. <laughs> they'll they'll bring back each iteration. <laughs> and the one from money. the nineties with like the cheap costumes that yeah. I think purposely lost money. And they'll make sure the uh, 2015 one runs into Killmonger so Michael B. Jordan can shoot a scene with himself. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the general takes the uh, Fantastic Four to the kitchen and shows satellite photos of something in space. And yeah. And asks for his help to identify it, but he declines because he's getting married. It's just more important. Yeah. And Sue's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so glad you're blowing off the fate of of the planet for yeah. our way. She seems happy. I mean, later in the movie, she's like, no, it was the right thing. But it's like, you didn't say that at the time. No, she she grew with uh, with time, I suppose, which is good for yeah. her. Well, once she realized that the Earth was like about to be devoured, I guess it was she finally found something more important than her stupid wedding. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Sue tells Reed, don't worry about, you know, dancing with those girls at the bachelor party, because my bachelorette party was way more wild. I wouldn't have, uh, minded seeing that. <laughs> this guy. Anyway, Dr. Doom is back. Yep. But Reed is, in fact, building the device to identify the mysterious object in space to try to track it. So... It's time for the wedding of the century, and uh, Stan Lee, he is not allowed in, and he actually gave his real name at the, that's yeah, the door, man. he uh, did, and they're like, Haha, that's funny, pal. Like, no, no, it really is me. This, I would this like, is actually not a bad cameo, I will say. Well, I would like to think that it's a metaphor uh, for the filmmakers kicking out all of Stan Lee's ideas from the movie, and like this was the visual representation of that. <laughs> Maybe so. I thought about this cameo way too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Reed is also done with the machine, but he's got to get ready to be married. Anyway, they're doing the ceremony. Um, Brian Posehn is the minister, which is random. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, I, um, I don't know. I first saw him in, I think it was Just Shoot Me. And then I also remember him in Sarah Silverman program, for what it's worth. I've always enjoyed his his uh, his bit work. Yeah, he was in the last blockbuster too. Really? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, he's just like a talking head, but yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, he's the minister, and he's you know he wasn't whatever. Fu- he wasn't funny, which was a. That's kind of weird, yeah, that they're like, yeah, come on, Brian Posehn, be a straight man. <laughs> he Like, he looks funny, too, and it's like, yeah. all right. Which, by the way, I did, yes, I did say straight man because, yes, his character was gay in Sarah Silverman program. That's right. Yeah. Um, not, not a bad show. So, anyway, a helicopter crashes into the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed at this. Ben's blind girlfriend's just, like, standing there. Oh, my God. And it's like, you can't feel what's happening to you right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> the helicopter blade, like, you can't sense this powerful wind coming at your yeah, head. I don't... Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's, it's just, like, the opposite of uh, the blind girl in the Toxic Avenger. When, you know, you remember when she laughed at Toxie when he had the uh, cone on his head? 
Yeah. This like the the equal opposite. Yeah, like everybody runs except her. It's like, oh, everything must be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Somehow. So Somehow. anyway, uh, Silver Surfer shows up, and Johnny goes after him, but he's too fast for him. Drags him into space, then tosses him back to Earth. Uh, Reed also sees Silver Surfer destroyed his machine, which was using to monitor him, because yeah. he didn't like being monitored. Apparently, didn't like being surveyed. No. Well, who does? No. So Sue goes to check on Johnny when she touches him, and they flip powers, and he turns invisible, and Sue turns into Human Torch. More hilarity ensues as all the people uh, are looking on, and she eventually the powers eventually go back to normal, but all of Sue's clothes burned off, and she's like, why does this keep happening to me? Very meta. Yes, what a uh, what a mystery. I I have no idea why the filmmakers try to put Jessica Alba in as little clothes as possible. It's, you know, it's a real the, head scratcher. I know, I can't figure it out. Just for the uh, the humor of it, maybe they should have had um, Michael Chiklis be the one to lose his clothes in this one. <laughs> hey, my. Well, I mean, the thing with this one is, like, yes, technically Sue Storm is nude, but like. They showed less here than they did in the first one when she's just in like her underwear. Yeah, yeah, in her brawn panties. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just see like her calves and shoulders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, but oh, buddy, that gets me going. Hey, you know, if if, if this were back in like the 1800s, when it's like, you know, you had those women's bathing suits that would you, go all the way down to your ankles. You haul it. Yeah. Yeah. See some nice calf. Yep. Um, oh, and Johnny and Ben flip powers too. So. Yeah, and we get to see a little bit of Chickless for a little bit. Hashtag Dickless for Chickless. Mm-hmm. And Johnny as the thing looks horrible. Yeah, it looks not only horrible but also a little little creepy. Yeah, he looks like if a ginger kid was about to explode. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, uh, you're not wrong. You're so not wrong. Sue turns on the news. You'll never guess what the top story is. Uh, Sue Storm was naked. No, no, no. There's a silver alien that has invaded Earth. Oh. No, I'm kidding. It's the wedding. And how the wedding was ruined. And check out Reed's dance moves. That was literally a story. The wedding being ruined might be a story, but like the fact that there's an alien is probably trumps it. Yeah, it uh, should be bigger news, but whatever. <sighs> you know, I never in my life thought I would be begging for like real life CNN and Fox News over this news in this movie. It's just, uh, like give yeah. me, give me. Give me Tucker Carlson and Andrew Cuomo's perv brother over this TMZ, whatever the hell this is. If it's like if TMZ was the top news source in the country. Okay, first off, not perverted, just Italian. Uh, well, I don't know if you know about his brother, but he's. Let's just say he's just as Italian as his as uh, that, the former yes, governor. I know Chris Cuomo is very Italian. I heard. <laughs> yeah. And Don Lemon. Uh, he might be yeah. Italian, too. Oh, really? I didn't know Don Lemon was Italian. Um, well, that's what the allegations are. 
but no, I will uh, I will stick to Twitter articles and and whatnot for my news. I don't need to hear a talking head uh, pundit explain it to me. You know. No, I don't either. But I mean, you know, if given the choice between like, hey, watch some Wolf Blitzer or. Uh, you know, like I said, it, it, this would be like if TMZ was the number one news channel in the country. Oh, my God. And, I've uh, tried. Yeah, my brother me... used to watch TMZ, and I'm like, I, <laughs> how can you watch this? I don't understand. It could, you've seen the TMZ show at least once, I assume, and it's like, hey, check out what happened at this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then talk about it for three minutes and make a bunch of crappy jokes. And or what's or an extra. Extra, yeah. extra. And uh, freaking what's his? I can't remember the guy's name. The main guy from TMZ, like Don something. Oh, God. the main guy from TMZ. Yeah, on the show. Um, isn't it a? Uh... Oh, come oh, on, uh, Ryan Satin. No, not Ryan Satin. <laughs> oh man, I can't remember his name. I don't know kills me but no if you want to talk about uh tmz um pop star had a good parody of it in their movie but whatever enough enough this is kind of a parody of it too but yeah like i said this would be like if tmz were covering real news but also we're like but we're not going to stop covering our pop culture stuff (laughs) yeah so anyway um doom finds silver surfer Silver Surfer doesn't seem to be he doesn't Silver Surfer doesn't really care about him, so he just blasts him. But the yeah. blast heals Doom scars and all that. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, he just has he's got the magic touch. He's got the Midas touch, yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah, Doom's a human again. Somehow. What'd you at least think of Silver Surfer? I thought he looked pretty cool for the time. Oh, yeah, Silver Surfer, yeah, this was 2007 CGI. For 2007, this is fine. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of the budget went. Um, but, yeah, I think I think we're, I think think we're we have finally stepped into acceptable CGI with uh, Ghost Rider and El Silver Surfer. Yeah. So no, I don't expect right. any step backs from now on. If you, um, if, I mean, there's going to be moments like uh, Reed Richards' arms in the dance floor. That was looked bad. But yeah. overall... Uh, if you're using a main character of CGI, I expect it to be on this level. So. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I would concur. The CGI, it's getting better. So, uh, back at the Baxter building, Reed determines when Silver Surfer shows up at a planet. Eight days later, the planet dies. He then determines his next appearance will be in London. Uh, they do manage to save some people from the Eye of London Ferris Wheel tipping over. Kind of a good action scene here. But the yep. mission failed because the River Thames was drained and there was a big hole left in its place. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I like this action scene. Probably the first good one of the franchise. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the the chase of Human Torch and um, Surfer wasn't too bad either, but... Uh, yeah, this one. I mean, that was is more chasey and it was more action. So, anyway, the military is upset with the Fantastic Four. So this is where the movie really turned for me. They bring in Doctor Doom. 
Now, normally I would say, that's insanely stupid, but then it's like, well, the U.S. did literally just make a deal with the Taliban during the whole Afghanistan withdrawal, so I guess it's not that unrealistic. Yeah, yeah, sadly. Still. Like, you know who we need help from? This guy who tried to kill everybody. Let's yeah. bring him in. Let's this just get him out. This guy whose name is literally Von Doom. Yeah, let's just hear what he has to say. Yeah, come on now. Anyway, they figure out the surfboard is the source of surfer's power. Um, and uh, recreate. Is that true to the origin story of the Silver Surfer? I believe so. Okay. I was going to say, because it's like, that sounds kind of silly, but I I guess if it's true to the origin, then who am I to complain? Here's a true story. When I was a kid, before I knew what the Silver Surfer was, I remember, I think I was at like a garage sale, and like, I bought like a Silver Surfer action figure, but I didn't know who he was. I just thought he looked cool. Yeah. And I was like, I'll call him the Silver Surfer. And it's like, that was his name. I was like, oh. So I kind of invented the Silver Surfer when you think about it. I mean, if you think about it for more than five seconds, then the answer is no, but well, sure. It's like the Michael Scott story when he's like, I thought of unicorns before I even knew what a unicorn was. <laughs> like, I drew a horse with a, a horn on its head before I'd ever I, seen one. <laughs> I think it's more like the freaking uh, when Michael attributed the Wayne Gretzky quote to himself. That could be. And he even quoted Wayne Gretzky in the quote. But yeah, I mean, I like I said, I was a kid, and I just it made sense. It's like he's a surfboard and he's silver, mine's silver surfer. But that is a true story. Yeah. So they uh, they track Silver Surfer into the woods, and Sue traps him, kind of in her force field, but he puts his head through because it doesn't affect him. And he's like, "Your planet is doomed, and you have no choice." And she's like, "There's always a choice." But the machine works, and the surfer wipes out, and they capture the board. Yeah. I'm sure. So, movie over then. We're good. Not quite. What? No. We still got the main villain to show up in the last ten minutes. So, (laughs) Sue visits Silver Surfer, who is uh, strapped to a table. And he tells her he serves a master who destroys planets, and his surfboard is a homing beacon for the next planet to destroy. And I go on all these scouting missions to make sure it's suitable. And anyway, uh, yeah, so that's, he's, you know, he's the Herald of Galactus, if uh, if you didn't know. Galactus, yeah. uh, the, the super giant. The, the, um, um... I just forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, um, real tall. Tall in Earth. <laughs> so, anyway, faster than you can say, the Taliban did not install a diverse government. Doom turns on the general. Ah, just didn't see that coming. And he kills them and steals the surfboard. Yeah, yeah. Huh, maybe Reed was right. <laughs> maybe, like. Well, look, I mean, it's it's the same thing in real life. Like, we wrote a stern letter to have women on your <laughs> government. Yeah, yeah. That'll work. Um, But yeah, Doom kills him, so... I can't feel bad for the general. I mean, like, what did you expect? I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know, buddy. I don't know. But yeah, he steals the surfboard, puts on his old outfit. Not sure why. He had the old outfit on to cover his scars, but he didn't have them anymore. So the Fantastic Four, they free Silver Surfer and take their new jet to track down Doom. I like the jet. That was cool. It's from the comics. Um, And I wrote this down. I said, by the way, what is Doom's plan? Is it to just have the surfboard and be powerful? But it's like he knows that the Earth is going to be destroyed in like a day. So does he want to be the next apprentice of Galactus? Like, I, what's his goal here? <laughs> like, what is he doing? Or is he just fine with having a joyride and, like, going out, like, well, if I'm going to die tomorrow, I might as well have a kick-ass time? Or... Yeah, I I think you kind of nailed it with the latter. Like, they, they don't really explain Doom's plan. They don't... Apparently, they don't remotely do justice to Galactus, and it, it would help maybe if you brought him in at the beginning oh, and not... It. And not necessarily one hour into the film. I got a big Galactus rant, but I gotta yeah. say, D- Doctor Doom really didn't need to be in this movie. Like, no, his character has no plan. We, I can't figure it out. It's just steal the surfboard. But like, there's no reason to suggest that Doctor Doom doesn't believe that Galactus isn't coming. Like, why would he not believe that? I mean. Silver Surfer is clearly an alien, so, and Reed had the, you know, Reed did the research, like, hey, all these planets that Silver Surfer shows up to die eight days later, so he's already been on our planet for seven days, so again, like, what's what's Doom's endgame here? It's just, I don't know. Like, it would be one thing if he at least, like, you know, surfed up to Galactus and was like, hey, I'm your new number two, but he doesn't. He just... Uh, I don't know. Not not well thought out. I would agree. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he just wants to rule the Earth for a day. Anyway, uh, Doom kills Sue Storm with a spear that broke her force field. So she's, she's dead? dead. She's dead and not coming back. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Galactus shows up, and yes, he is a cloud. And if you listen to the Shining episode, I had a, uh, I, I tried to work in a rant about this, but I, I didn't want to spoil this particular rant. So I did some research. Galactus is one of the most powerful characters in Marvel. Not villains, characters. Reduced to a damn cloud. It's, uh, oh, by the way, the only one stronger than him is Phoenix from the X-Men, who was also botched. But there's... It's like there's newer characters more powerful than Galactus and Phoenix, but like if I asked, like let's say 1990, it's a good cutoff point, who's the strongest character in Marvel? It'd be like, well, Phoenix and Galactus and Apocalypse and Thanos would be the answer. And it's like, now Galactus has been pushed up the list because, you know, newer comics, you gotta keep creating newer, stronger characters, but like, Galactus is a big effing deal. <laughs> And he's a cloud. I have to say it. If it's the same rant I had with Phoenix. If you're not going to do it correctly, then don't do it. If you didn't have the ability to do a special effects for Galactus, 
then don't do it. Do the Puppet Master instead. Do Doctor Doom again. Who cares? Just just do Silver Surfer only. But don't, you know, don't don't do Galactus if you can't do him right. A cloud sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, had to get that out. Anyway, Johnny borrows Sue's reeds and Ben's power and beats up Doom using all of his powers, and he sends him into the ocean where he sinks because he's got too much shit on him. I thought you'd enjoy that one. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, it was, <laughs> it was good. All right. Well, I mean, that's what happened. He, he had all the metal. He was covered in metal, so he couldn't swim up. So he's yeah. probably dead. Good. Yeah. Way to waste time in the movie doing nothing. Uh, anyway, Surfer gets his board back. Surfer heals Sue, tells Reed to tell her that she was right. We do have a choice. Then he flies up to Galactus. Let me reiterate. Number two powerful mutant at one point in Marvel history. And he just flies up there. Sorry, surfs up there. And he just blows himself up and kills Galactus. So, like, okay. And so I wrote, a, easily our worst villain of the decade. So it was a suicide bomb. I guess, but, like, if it was that easy, why didn't Silver Surfer just do it? He Silver Surfer just let all these other planets die, which we presume had life on them. Because, yeah. you know, uh, it's like, go take Jupiter. Jupiter's huge. We're not, we don't need Jupiter. It's fine. But, like, No. He just floated up there, and apparently Silver Surfer had the strength to kill Galactus. Uh, you know, the uh, the number, like I said, the number two most powerful character in all of Marvel at one point. Silver Surfer is just awesome by blowing up. But by the way, Silver Surfer's not even dead. We'll save that for the end credits. Anyway, they have their wedding in China. Okay. And Sue tosses her bouquet, and there's this woman who was in the military, who Johnny was hitting on all movie, who yeah. she was not interested in him. But then yeah. she seemed like she really wanted to cast a bouquet, but then Johnny burns the flowers in midair because he's a dick, and all these characters are unlikable. The end. Roll credits. Look, but okay. wait. What, real quick, real quick. First, okay, I want to say, okay. and I am not an expert on this, as a white man, um, on what is and isn't cultural appropriation, but I, I really feel like Sue Storm, you know, doing the chi- Chinese wedding with the Chinese garb and everything, it really dances on that line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I mean, there was that big prom dress incident a few years ago. Oh, yeah. That, like, uh... my culture's not your prom dress. Like, personally, <laughs> I don't mind. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think I think blending cultures should, should be a good thing. That being said, white women with dreads, that's a big no. Not because it's cultural appropriation, but because no woman has ever looked good. No white woman, I should specify, has ever looked good with dreads. Maybe Angelina Jolie in Gone in 60 Seconds, but it's also Angelina Jolie. So, you know, higher standard. Yeah. There's always an exception to the rule. But yes, wait, credits, mid-credits scene, Silver Surfer's not blown up. He's just drifting in space with his surfboard. Now roll oh. credits. So I, he didn't even he didn't even blow himself up. He <laughs> he just released a giant bit of energy, which apparently uh, don't think killed him, but knocked him unconscious or in a coma or something for a while. We don't know if he's dead. We'll never know if he's dead because there's no more movies of these. But yeah, um, 
so he didn't have to sacrifice himself to kill Galactus. Galactus was, in fact, that week the number two strongest mutant, uh, not uh, Marvel character, at one point. Just oft. Well, just like that. <sighs> I'm upset. Whatever. This movie, this movie was trash. I didn't even know that post-credit scene existed because I was immediately ready to turn this off, and I did. Um, By the way, uh, you gave the first one a three, and I gave it a two and a half. So just I'm as giving, reference, I'm giving this a four. Hey, that's that makes sense. Fantastic four. I mean, that is improvement, but ugh, whatever. Yeah. I'd go with a four as well. Look, I think I think it helps that like by now we knew to, we knew what to expect. Yeah. I mean, the first one was boring. This one wasn't at least boring, so yeah, it's that. But uh, Doom didn't need to be in the movie. Galactus either do him right or don't do him at all. And then the character development was pretty poor. Action scenes were not too bad, but. Um, yeah, the news that annoyed me. <laughs> yes, you seemed perturbed. Well, because it's again, it's like these earth-changing events that like have never happened before ever, and it's like, but the big story. Like, <laughs> no, that isn't the big story. The oh big God. story is the oceans frozen, not that exactly. this woman's getting married. Get yeah. your priorities in, in order. Come on. How many more movies we had at 07? My God, this year. 06 we, and 07 can go to hell. Well, we are almost done. We've got one more. And one. 05. 05 had two good movies. 05 no. had, oh, had oh, five. three. Okay, four. look. No, never mind. 05 was fine. 05 was fine. Look, 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 look. 05 was look at it. 06 started off promising with V for Vendetta, but then it fell off a cliff. Um... But we yeah. have got one more movie here in 2007. This is going to round out October with October 20 uh, releasing on October 27. And that is Disney's Underdog, starring Jason Lee as under as the voice of Underdog. Uh that is available on Disney Plus and that is going to round out 2007. Now, <sighs> first week of October. Okay, look, the the hard part is nearly over. Because November 3rd, you folks will be able to listen to Eddie and I review Iron Man. Yes, thank God for 08. 08 is the oasis in the desert of mm -hmm. 07. I don't know, I'm still I'm low key worried about that little gap between Okay, let's I'll go through November here. Okay. Sure. All right, so like I said, November 3rd, Iron Man. November 10, Incredible Hulk. November mm -hmm. 17, Wanted. And November 24, Hancock. Wanted. Speaking of Angelina Jolie. Yep, and uh, James McAvoy making his podcast debut. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's been on after Dynamite lately. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's on uh, a streaming service, but I've been thinking about recording it just in case, but... Pretty sure it's on HBO or one of the things. So I've noticed that, and I've noticed a lot of, like, it plays Creed 2 a lot for some reason. Star and, Wars. 
Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, Creed 2, uh, occasionally some form of like Justice League or Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, since I'm looking at it, uh, the 1st of December, Hellboy 2, Golden Army, it's plays that a few times. Mm-hmm. Which is right mm-hmm. after Hancock. Yep. Yes. Oh eight, man. I'm I'm excited for oh eight because uh, this these past two years have been uh, like I said, V for Vendetta that was good, but uh, TMNT was fine, but oh seven is just the and oh six the X Men the Last Stand Spider Man three Rise of Silver Surf Superman Returns just trash. At least Ghost Rider was unintentionally funny at times. Yeah. Uh, All right, I'm ready. Let's get you a quote to send us out of here. And I'm uh, gonna quote. I'm gonna quote Johnny Storm, who's right. quoting. Damn it! What? Stop cutting me off. I didn't. Yeah, come on. I'm supposed to do that to you, not the other way around. Uh, to quote Johnny Storm, who is quoting Ben Grimm, much like Michael Scott quoted Wayne Gretzky, it's clobberin' time! If everybody had a nose across the USA, then everybody be served like California. Bushy, bushy, blonde hair Serving USA You'll catch them surfing at Thank you.